Welcome to Vale la Pena, in English that's worth your while. I'm your host, Cynthia Ribes. This is a show where we get to do some grassroots philanthropy together. In all episodes, we'll feature nonprofit organizations engaged in inspiring projects for people, animals, and the environment. Some guests will be representatives of those organizations and they'll share with us more about initiatives they're working on and ways we can participate. Check the show notes for opportunities to impact these humanitarian causes together. You can find this show through my website at www.rebuslegal.com and on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now, please join me for Vale La Pena. Hello and welcome to Vale La Pena. In English, that is worth your while and it is our intent that today's conversation be exactly that. If you're new here, we are a show committed to grassroots philanthropy. And the thinking behind that is that we can make a greater impact together. And how we do that is very simple. We have conversations with guests that are up to inspiring things. So we can raise awareness about issues that support humanitarian causes for people, animals, and the environment. And then we also want to always provide opportunities for you, the listener, to contribute as you may wish. Obviously, financial donations are welcomed, but we also like to present opportunities to volunteer and connect as a community with regard to issues where we are aligned. Today's topic is somber. We're talking about gun violence in America, and it is not that long after the anniversary of the Evaldi shooting. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my lovely guest today. She brings hope to this difficult issue, and then we'll get started and get going. Uh, her name is Wanda Montemayor. She is the founder of a project called the Uvalde Love Project. She is a art therapist and public artist. So without taking up any much, any more time, let's bring her on. Hello. hello. Wanda, hello. Yeah. It's so great that you're here. I, I want to just say something about the shooting only because we want to keep we want to keep this story foremost in mind. We want to keep these families foremost in our hearts. We don't want them to ever think we're not thinking about them and doing all we can. I think most of the listeners probably know because the world has been riveted by what happened in Uvalde with the Robb Elementary School, that essentially 19 elementary students were shot and killed and two teachers. And these people mostly were nine, 10 or 11 years old. 
And we're now on the, oh, it's a month beyond the anniversary. It was May 24 of last year. And you are doing something very special. So tell us about you and what you are doing. Well, um, as you said, my name is Wanda Montemayor, and I am a board-certified art therapist in Austin, Texas. And um, what I'm doing right now is a, is a is providing healing and community healing. Um, and so do you want me to tell you about like the project itself or how it began? Both. Start with the latter. How did you begin? Okay. How I began, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go old school. Okay. How I began was I was an art teacher um, and I have the gift of dyslexia and dysgraphia and ADHD and I specialize with uh, like working with kids and teens. I served 23 years in public school. Um, and, and I was thinking about this. I feel like my whole life I've been in training to help provide this kind of service. My, my thesis was actually on community art therapy. And I've always ran an after-school art club. And so after the tragedy happened, I mean, I think almost all of us, if you're in Texas, remember exactly where you were when you heard about it. Um, my mom called me the next day, Dolores Montemayor. She said, Wanda, you have to make a mural. I just feel it in my body that you have to make a mural. And at the time I just, you know, like right when you hear it, you're just flooded. You can't process it. So I just like kind of put it on a shelf for a little bit. And then the American Art Therapy Association, July, exactly a year ago, said, you know, we would like for, um, the South Texas chapter to, to think of a project that they can do. And, and I went ahead and I went down there. I did a needs assessment. I didn't want to, I didn't want to like go down there. Like we're giving you our therapy guys. I wanted to make sure that I did it in a culturally responsive way. So I went down and, and also rightfully so it's super hard to communicate with the schools or anything like that. So I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just like spinning my wheels. If they didn't want our therapy, like totally cool. But if you want our therapy, this is what it looks like. And the other thing is, Nobody understands what they went through better than themselves. Of course, people in Sandy Hook, of course, people in other places that have experienced this tragedy, but how dare I come in and pretend to be the expert on their story? Uh, there's no way I wanted to do that. So we went down and we talked to the children advocate and we also talked to someone named Abel Ortiz, who's responsible for these beautiful murals in Uvalde. And we also talked to the assistant city manager and we're like, hi, this is something that we do. We do community mosaic. And, and if you don't know what a community mosaic, this is what it looks like. I also found out that there's no mosaics in Uvalde. And, and working in a school, I understand the constraints and, the, and the, the restrictions you have. Like you have to have starry. They have to be assessed. There's only so many minutes in the day where teachers have to do this. But more importantly, I knew that I needed to help the educators um, you know, the more that I can help them understand the trauma response in their body, the more that I can help them heal, the better that the trickle down effect, like I don't even have to touch a, a child if I could touch the teachers. We also do something called TBRI, which stands for trust-based relational intervention. It's a trauma response that was founded out of the Karen Purvis Institute, um, which really talks about like how to help trauma from the bottom up. And, and, and also the other understanding 
rightfully so is that the people in Uvalde just don't trust. They don't trust people. They don't trust systems. They don't trust organizations. And so when I walked into it, I knew I had to be very culturally sensitive, very mindful, and I had to constantly reflect, why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? And how can I do this in a way that is healing and responsive to them? Um, and so I went down there and we said, would you like a mirror on? They were like, actually, the children prefer group. They don't want to do individual counseling. And, and, and now that I've gone through and now I'm really working with the teachers and we worked with the families, we're with the parents and just the community at large. I understand that people have actually come and gone so fast. So even the teachers all said, we got therapy, but we had five sessions and then they left. They, we don't even know where they went. But when the kids, when we first got there back in July, when we did our needs assessment, you know, the, the kids had been isolated after that moment. And, and I heard that actually the, um, the vets put on a little event for the kids to come and get toys over the summer. And that's exactly the right person that's going to understand what they're going through. And it was for the first time they got group and they got to be together and they got to play. And that's actually the healing aspect. That's what TBRI stands for. Trust-based relational intervention is we don't have to look at the trauma. You know what we're going to do? We're going to provide new neural pathways that are safe, loving, and connected that are filled with play and connectivity. And that's going to be the healing aspect. It's just even being together in this project. So, I mean, we had a lot of roller coasters. I kind of just gave you the first part. There's actually three big parts to this project, but that's how we began. I feel like Cynthia, I like I should pause because I'm a talker. No, no, it's perfect. Okay, so that was your needs assessment was done just like a month and a half after it happened, right? Correct. Last July you're talking about? Yes. And say a bit more about you were saying it was hard to talk to the schools. I, I kind of can guess why, but explain. <laughs> yeah, and the city, because I wanted to be like, hi, can I give you guys some therapy? Like, how can I help you? So, of course, there's only one main line number. There's rightfully so. There's no way that you can contact them except for the central number, right? So I called, 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 and they're flooded. It's the summer, right? It's right after the tragedy. And also some of the other things I did was um, find out where I had these questions. Where can I provide group? I'd like to connect with the teachers. I'd like to provide with the community. And I like the community at large to have a healing opportunity because People are from Uvalde. People have family in Uvalde, right? Even though they don't live in Uvalde, it, it was a ripple effect. Um, and so how can I help the greater community at large with this, right? And so when we went down there, we did break through. I was able just to be the little engine that can. I just kept calling. I was like, hey, can I give you, can I help your, let me show you what I could do. So I got permission to work with the art teachers. And and I really wanted to make it their project. Um and so I talked to them first. I'm like, hey, would you guys like me to help you have a trauma-informed classroom? We'll meet after school once a month. We'll make tiles. And more importantly, I'm going to teach you how to make a mosaic mural. And it'll be so much fun. And we're going to do this. And that's exactly what they wanted. What The other thing I found out was that in Uvalde, the elementary and the middle school have no ceramic programs. Ceramics are very expensive because you have to have a kiln. Really, the clay is not expensive. The expensive part is the glaze. And Uvalde is a very, it's a Title I school, right? So they have limited resources. And the teachers were like, yes, I would love to, to work with Clay. I was like, great. And so we had like 
like a starting point. And so they designed the project. And then we met monthly. And when you we we did this at St. Henry's. And the other thing I'd really like to say is that Sister Dolores, who's my boo. I love you, Sister Dolores, if you're out there listening, which she may or may not be. She's this most amazing human being. She believed in us. So we connected also with her. Everybody's related in Uvalde. Don't forget, it's a town of 16,000 people. There's 23 churches, okay? They're a very Christian, Hispanic community that don't really trust strangers, right? And so I talked to Sister Dolores about, and I'm also a play therapist, about the power of play and about trauma-informed care. And she just, she, she liked me. She liked what I had to say, and she believed in us. And so she opened up St. Henry's de Soro Community Center for us. And when you walk into St. Henry's, the building is covered in the murals of those people who lost their lives, right? They were brutally murdered. I just got chills, yeah. And so when people walk in, as a matter of fact, I remember the first teacher workshop we had there, the teachers were just flooded because it's the first time they had to like walk into that space. They just needed us. I was like, take your time. We had, we had, we ran something called Tacos and Tiles. The second Sunday of every month, we ran three groups. We had, uh, and of course, we have to be mindful of church. So we had a group at 1, 2.30, and at 4 o'clock. And our 4 o'clock group was open to the community, but specifically the teachers, where I, where I gave them the material so that they could do this in the classroom, where they got to just connect, where they just got to be like, oh, my God, what did you do in class this week? Like, what's going on with our kids? And Right. It's again, it's about like being with your compadres where you could be like, ah, this week was crazy. And then just to have that like sacred space. Right. And I'm like, here's a great technique that you can do or try this or have you thought of this? And like, let's take care of you. And it's that touch. Like, never did I ask them, tell me about what's going on or like your story about the shooting. It came out, but it took time. And a lot of people are confused about like trauma responses. Like, ah, dive in. by the way, children are affected by trauma so much more than adults. I don't think people understand that. It is researched. Zero to three, Cynthia, is the most critical time in any human being's life because you don't have the words, okay? That's why TBRI was invented. It was for adopted children, okay? If you think about the way your brain grows, right? Your brain is growing at such a rapid rate Right. That's why the pediatrics unit is the happiest unit, because those children recover so much faster because their bodies are like, bam, bam, bam. But on the flip side, their brains are just starting. They're laying down. That's the capital of their brain. Highways are just built. Their frontal cortex is, isn't developed yet. That logic, logic isn't there. So they have these little highways going down. Right. And so children don't process trauma like adults do. As a matter of fact, so when they were with the vets, they all got it, right? They all were like, ah, oh, yes, we all understand each other. But actually, you have to act immediately with trauma in a child. You have to be able to create a safe space for them to process that through play, through art, not through talk, right? At their rate, they know how to process it, never force it on them. They know what they need. But what they don't have is the skills. They don't understand. So we taught them how to understand their bodies. Every time they got in there, and universally, Cynthia, something called a SED, Subjective Units of Distress Scale. Right when they got in, we said, we did a fun, engaging body activity while the children were getting therapy. So we ran the three groups. So those morning groups with the children and the families, we're working with the kids. The parents are getting worked with a bilingual therapist. 
you know, and they're asking us of like, how do I tell them? How do I talk to them? Like they're having nightmares. They're asking me questions and I don't know the answer, right? So they're getting help with those problems. With the kids, we're dancing, we're connecting. We're saying on a zero to 10, what's your, we have pictures. Where are you right now? And they would tell us. And at the end, we'd be like, on a zero to 10, where are you right now? Universally, their distress went down in that little bit of time, right? They got to be with each other. They got to make art and express whatever they wanted. We allowed them to do what they wanted. They got to make the tiles for the mural, which by the way, I drove in from Uvalde. We just finished our installation. Next weekend, we grout it. But just the kids' joy and finding their tiles and having a positive memory, like feeling like I'm safe, but they got to dip their toe. Like by seeing the pictures of, of their friends that lost their lives, they walked in into a safe place where they got to play and celebrate and be themselves. So we did that for a year while we worked with the teachers. And then the teachers helped us design it. And then they made towels in their classroom. And then the most special part, there's many special parts, so many special parts, like over and over. This is so awesome. Is that we brought the teachers to Austin and they got basically an intensive group counseling for the weekend where they got to feel the success. They put the mural together. So it's different phases. This mural is huge. It's 353 inches by 111 inches tall. Okay. Wow. Every piece is handmade by a person. Mm. There's not one commercial tile. Every tile was made by people all over America and Austin and San Antonio and the majority in Uvalde. And then we have these 21 beautiful glass mosaic butterflies to represent the lives lost. And the city was really clear with us. They said, we don't want another... We don't want another memorial mural. We don't want to be known as a town that's like known for the gun shooting, right? We want to be known as a town that's happy, that's resilient, that's kind. We want to, we want a, a mural that talks about where we're going next. They were very clear with us. But I told, you know, the, the assistant city manager, I go, but people are allowed to write whatever they want on the tile. So if they write those people that they love's names or a message to that person, or they write their names, then that's part of the process, right? And they were okay with that. And, and the teachers, they wanted something very special to symbolize their best friends that died and their students that died. So that's why the Austin Mosaic Guild, which is really more like Central Texas Mosaic Guild, made very specific like glass, gold, glittery murals out of cut glass and fused glass. And the rest is made out of ceramic tile by, by people. So it's just filled with messages so you can walk up and you can find your tile. You can like think about other ones. So there's a lot of different layers of the mural. Because it's not about the mural, it's about the people. Is it still growing? Is it still growing? Like, could other people be a part of it? Or is it complete now? It's, it's, it's complete now. We got to grout. But what we found, and we were just talking about this, because at the end of every session, we like kind of download, right? Because it's super heavy stuff that we're hearing. Like, how are we holding their stories? And we just don't feel done with the community because some of the things that we heard is like, we don't, I mean, we're Mexican. We don't trust. We don't trust people. Not only we don't trust people, people that they promise to be our therapists or ditch us. Now, we were very clear. We gave them like, here's when we're going to be there. We're going to give you one year because it's it's about sustainability for us, too. And, and I have to take care of my team because it's a group of art therapists 
and other professionals that have been going down. It's a three hour drive each way and hotel rooms in Uvalde. I was actually looking at hotel rooms for the next weekend. Aren't the best Western is $225. Wow. Because there's the state troopers are coming in because the police turnover, not so much the media. It's really about the state troopers and the feds taking up those rooms. And so it's, I mean, it's about sustainability. It's about driving. It's about what we could do. So the next part, and I know that you're talking about funding, is we just had this conversation. The teachers now know us. And you and I both know, Cynthia, maybe you don't know. Teletherapy for a kid is real hard, right? Teletherapy for an adult is real hard, especially if you don't trust or know someone. But now we know them. And so we want to continue at least teletherapy for the staff, because I like to say staff because we have paraprofessionals. We have cafeteria ladies that lost their their nieces we'd like now that they knew who we are and that we were were of our word you know we we provided for them we touched them we like let them guide us that they can now trust us so the next phase that we're talking about is being able to provide teletherapy virtually for the staff every other week art therapy groups and those little kids we actually did, we had a Monday group that met weekly. Those are the children that could not go back in the building. They're being virtually learned. So we committed to being in person twice a month for them. And then we gave them a virtual, what we call a lunch bunch, just a connected time where they could play games with each other in their isolation. And so we'd like to continue that Monday group for one more academic year. Um, and maybe it's like one in person and three. So there's still that momentum because it took us a year to connect with them and just doesn't feel right to us just to like walk away from it. But more importantly, Cynthia, it's, can you send them more tiles? What we want now is, and we're working towards it is now the teachers know how to do a mosaic. We brought them here. They've been a part of installing it. They made the design. They it's their project so that they have the tools and the knowledge to make another mural on their personal campus or wherever they're in their house. Mira, they can make it wherever they want, whatever feels right to them. So well, and I just wanted to make sure for myself and the listeners that I'm tracking something because, you know, I'm just so grateful to you, Wanda, that you, you are sharing with us the real experience of knowing some of these people. Because as I under, you know, obviously if you're not anywhere, if you're not that close to Valdi, you've been hearing all national news, right? So as I understand it, there's still investigations that are very much alive. There's litigation that's very much alive. Um, I, I believe, as I understand it, they demolished uh, Rob Elementary and the kids are in a different school. So when you say there's some that are being taught remotely, are there some of those children that aren't even in the different school? Okay. So Rob is still, the, the structure of Rob is still there. It will be demolished. It is oh, okay. still there. Um, and they are building a brand new school. So that was another thing that we had to navigate. And it hasn't, they're, they're starting to build, but it hasn't been built. Um, and actually we're super grateful because Kendra Scott is going to help sponsor creating a kiln, their philanthropy foundation providing a kiln and setting them up for, for having that expressive art time, um, hopefully in two of their campuses. So Rob closed and then they opened Uvalde Elementary. And so they, they compacted some of their campuses. And yes, 
lots of children actually went to different campuses. Sacred Heart, which is a Catholic school in Uvalde, went from 40 to 135 um, overnight, right? And I believe wow. that Catholic uh, extensions scholarshiped most of those children. So it's the current fifth grade class and now rising sixth grade class that is the traumatized class, right? Those are the two classrooms that there are very few survivors. Um, and so those children mostly went to Sacred Heart and virtual, but there was a lot of children that just were so frightened. They, they don't want to be away from their parent. Their trauma is still very deep. And also it's really hard to figure out the resources when you're down there. Um, and also there's a lot of, Again, the community is beautiful and the people are beautiful and they they want to feel love. And also people are, and I was just talking to um, Pastor Limon, who was at the park. We're, we're making our, mur our murals installed at the Ardín de los Eros Park. It feels really cringy, but all the locals call it the Mexican Park. I promise you. And the reason they call it the Mexican Park was it was originally a segregated park where only the Mexicans went. And so, um, but it's where all the kids play. You see all the children playing. It's where, I'm sorry, and I have a canine counselor. And how many times does this happen in your podcast? Oh, my, my own dogs sometimes chime in. <laughs> I have a couple of them. You do. This is Chongo. He is my canine counselor for the world to see. Well, hello there, Chongo. He's like, what? So, um, so the, I think what I heard from the pastor, he said, it was amazing. It was like just what we needed to end our last day. And, and he shared with us that he was shot at also because he was going across the street and he was shot at by the shooter. He never made it onto campus. It was like right when it all, the kerfuffle began, um, the shooting began, but he, he said, you know, so many people are are angry with us and and we're so angry. And this mural, the mural, that's why it's called Uvalde Love, is really about love. It's really about holding. And you're allowed to be angry. But taking your anger out on the community is not the appropriate place to take it out on or with each other, which is what's happening, right? Because people are very angry. Like you're, you know, it's like who has the higher level of trauma or who's got, and that makes that makes everyone really sad. And I think the harder part is that the teachers are feeling um, the parents are takes their anger out on the teachers who are still showing up and, and being there. Right. And, um, and, and there's a lot of things that are behind closed doors, but they're still showing up. And I have to tell you, these teachers are amazing that I've been working with. They're so resilient. They love their children. They show up again and again because of that. Um, so that's what I'm seeing a lot of is a lot of resiliency, but I'm also seeing a lot of internal conflict. Yeah, it's a lot to process for a community. And of course, there's a lot of questions that people want the answers to, um, you know, and those investigations take a long time. And um, it's just so inspiring to hear you talk because, again, so much of the press is you know, litigation at its core is um, an effort for society to bring redress when there's been some wrongdoing, right? So there's a lot of 
blaming as part of that. And then that kind of goes in all directions. And um, no doubt it, you know, obviously what's happening with the the police force there. And it's, um, it's just beautiful what you've been doing with art and the power of art and the power of love to hold this community. Um, so about this next phase, as I understand it, your project itself uh, has obtained some financing through an umbrella 501c3. Is that right? La Pena is our nonprofit sponsor. So any donations and you, if you, you know, want to follow our project, um, we have uvaldilove.com. We have a website set up where you can donate directly there. Also on our Instagram community art therapy, we, we've been like threading images. And the other thing that we're super focused on is consent with all of our images. So we always ask, always ask the little kids, is it okay if I take your picture? We're going to put this on our social media. But more importantly, we always have every person sign a media release because they've actually, a lot of trauma has come from the media. When I'm talking to the teachers, like they, the, the press was relentless right after the tragedy and there'd be like notes on their door and they're like, how do they find us? How do they know where my house was? Right. And so like, it's all of these super delicate steps that we've had to take that we still do for them. Um, but those, all of that, you know, just as to say is that, that there's a lot more images that I wish I could show, but we just have to be so sensitive about it. Right. Okay. So we will definitely in the show notes, put your website. So mm -hmm. the Uvalde love project.com. So just Uvalde love.com. Uvalde love.com. Okay. Um, so people can donate through the website. They can also perhaps donate through La Pena uh, and then earmark it for Uvalde Love. Uh, the, the website takes you to La Pena. Takes you but, there. Okay. And we have, if you go to La Pena, we set up a separate checking account. So it wouldn't be confusing because we love our Cynthia. We have another Cynthia. I don't know if you know La Pena's founder. No. Um, so, yeah. So it's, it's better to go through our website because we have a separate checking counting you'll it's all tax deductible and you'll get a um, tax receipt immediately all right and then this next phase is all about continuing art therapy remotely mm -hmm. primarily for the teachers right staff we like to say staff yeah um and also for the children we we're going to do one more year for those virtual for those virtual oh, okay. students all right um that way they can at least still have that connected experience. So how does that work? If you're one of the virtual students, then mm -hmm. you go online to your art therapy class and you get to sort of see the group online and you're. Yeah. So we utilize your art yeah. together remotely. Yeah. So we, we mail our kits when we do virtual art groups and for both the staff and also for the children, we'll mail virtual art kits like every other month. So they have like, first of all, it's exciting. It's like the unboxing, right? So you have all the materials that you need. We also utilize a lot of like virtual art platforms. We got a lot of tricks up our sleeves since the pandemic to make it exciting. And so at home, they would just log on to their specific Zoom code. They would have a licensed art therapist with them and they would just engage in connectedness. And then they would do like some of the rituals and just have a, a time to connect that's like dedicated to them. And it, and it typically looks like play and art combined. 
So that's what it would look like. And with the staff, we'll be every other week. Same thing. They'll get an they'll get an art kit. The thing that's really beautiful about group counseling, Cynthia, is that the research shows that it has this pretty close to the same efficacy as individual counseling and sometimes better for specific situations like grief because you have that shared experience, that shared, you know, um, healing. And the other thing is not feeling alone in your process is so important, right? It's so isolating in your mind when you're the only one that thinks that you have that experience. So the other interesting thing is only 5% of therapy is group counseling. And I think that's mostly because a lot of therapists have, are afraid to run groups. That's our specialty is we do groups. And so like, that's one of the things that we're able to really bring and connect them with is having that. The other thing I like to share, a lot of adults also have like art anxiety, but if you think about it, you scribble before you write and play is actually our, our first language. We play before we talk. We draw before we write, right? So a lot more adults have some of this anxiety, but it's really has nothing to do with the product. It's all about the process. And you don't have to make art in the thing, but it's always an option. And that's also something like very cathartic because why art therapy is so powerful is it gives images to things we don't have words for, right? And so it's just like another great healing modality. And, and, the, and the VA actually has really highlighted how art therapy is one of the best healing techniques that they like to use for their vets. That's fantastic. Okay, so then the donations um, would be supporting this next phase to continue yeah. at least another year um, with the staff and the children who have been it. impacted. But it is really a, it's a global shock, you know, um, obviously even on the anniversary, President Biden has, you know, there've been all these um, <clears throat> executive orders, right? To expand the Building Safer Communities Act. And yeah, there's just still, you know, a lot of it gets complicated when you study the, the statistics of gun violence in America versus other countries in terms of how people divide, define what are mass shootings and and the law, and the issue is actually even broader than mass shootings. A lot of it has to do with um, gun violence, whether or not it's in the context of a mass shooting. But of course, something like this, in terms of um, they've found statistically, teens and young children, the increase in their deaths due to gun violence has increased, in particular since the pandemic in those years of the pandemic in particular. Um, so there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of work to be done from different professionals, from different modalities to figure out how to get to the healing. Why is this happening? You know, what can we do about it? Um, and there's a lot that needs to be done about it, but I'm just so grateful for you and your team. Is there anything in addition to financial donations that, people could do if they happen to be in Texas? Like, like, can you go see a mural somewhere or would it be better to, if you're in Austin, maybe, and you're an art therapist, maybe connect with you or talk to me about well, other things. If you're in like Uvalde, yeah. If you're in Uvalde, go look at the mural. It's in the okay. Arden de los Heros Park. Um, really, I think art materials, 
brand new, fresh art materials for the Uvalde art teachers would be hugely appreciated. And we're talking about like making an Amazon wish list for them because they, they're not allowed to ask, make an Amazon wish list, but the elementary art teacher had $300 per semester to run her art program. It was like grading crayons while trying to manage all of her own emotions and feelings. So the more we could just take off of their shoulders, right, to provide them with the materials that they need. So any donations that run past this will be immediately donated to art materials for um, a trauma-informed art classroom, which is what we were hoping for um, on every campus. And we, we have at least a middle school and two elementary school campuses that are implementing these. So art materials, um, anything else that you could do, definitely prayers, prayers for the community. I know that sounds super duper cheesy, but I, I do think it's important. And if I had like another two cents to say, Wanda's point of view is this. Instead of providing more policemen on campus, we need more counselors. We need more lunch punches. We need to look for the children that are lonely, that are hungry, and that are by themselves. We need to make them feel loved. Because more than likely, they're, they're little jerky pants. I get it. When you're traumatized, you get the message that it's better to push people away from you because people aren't safe. And so we need more safe people on campuses to find the children that don't feel safe and loved. And that's really the message. Like there's more and more school counselors that are getting pulled. More and more school counselors can't be counselors. They're doing other things. And I can tell you that Uvalde 100% has a therapy desert. There's a, that's an atrocity. And when school budgets are being cut, they're cutting school counseling staff and mental health professionals, which should be and they're putting in more SROs, which stands for school resource officers. And there just needs to be more lunch bunches across America, right? More after-school programs, like those after-school programs when kids can't go home, that they need to be loved and touched. That's what needs to happen. That was my two cents. I'm sorry. Okay, good. No, we're coming to the end of the time that we have. And so I really appreciate you giving us your views. And again, for listeners, we'll be putting your website on in the show notes. We'll also say again where the mural is located. The Jardín de los Héroes, the Garden of Heroes part. Jardín de los Héroes. Okay. Yes, Beautiful. that's it. Um, or the Mexican park, as the locals call it. <laughs> okay. Sure, that's in Spanish, the Garden of for Heroes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, people can read the individual stories and whatever it is that uh, the artists, the persons making the tiles have written there. All that's over beautiful. The tile. All over. Okay, well, Wanda, I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for taking on this project, for spearheading it, for bringing your team. I'm so grateful for your entire, um, your entire team. You're actually doing something so constructive and bringing awareness and, and keeping these families um, foremost in our hearts and, you know, all of them, the families of the staff, the families of the children. Um, it's really beautiful, the community work that you're doing. And I really appreciate your time with us today. And for the listeners, I hope it's been worth your while. And thank you again for tuning in to Vale La Pena. 
Thank you for tuning in to Vale La Pena. Please join us in making an impact together for people, animals, and the environment. Details in the show notes. You can find this show through my website at www.rebuslegal.com and on YouTube, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. I'm your host, Cynthia Rebus. And I welcome and thank you for your feedback, comments, questions, and sharing this show with others.